Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We are your hosts. I am P.S. McKay, ringing in the spooky season. And I'm D.T. Catman, and I didn't realize that pumpkin spice equals spooky. It equals yucky. <laughs> for those of you who prefer just the latte it's an unwelcome additive well i don't mind uh <clears throat> oktoberfest beers coming out at this time of year <laughs> i do draw the line at any pumpkin spice in my beer although i know there's plenty of people like sh- shipyards pumpkin ale which people love i just never really developed a taste for pumpkin yeah i can understand that I have different flavors I enjoy this time of year. Although pumpkin bread is great. Uh, if you've never had uh, it, you need to you need to treat yourself. I've tried it again. Not much for not <laughs> much for it. You you had one without enough nutmeg. Dude, I, I know your nutmeg obsession. Yeah, <laughs> it's, time, it's time to tone it down. What That's I like, your pump- I like that is like your pumpkin bread. spice. You're right. You're right. It's just a matter of time before it caught up. So anyway, well, <laughs> how are things? Uh, how are things, DT? Things are all right. You know, just. One day at a time, the season took kind of a quick turn. Kind of went from being 80 to like 60s, and now it's in the 40s. So, Whoa. I heard yeah, some people been, started their fire pits or their, their fireplaces. Yeah. We've been using our <laughs> fireplace last week, basically since it became October. Wow. That's funny how that works. Well, it really just started to get cold. Yeah. And uh, so... We've turned on the fireplace. It's it's nice. It's brand new, almost. I don't even know if they used it. The people who had this house before us, they were here less than a year. But I can tell you, we've enjoyed it. It's been nice. Uh, we had one at the house we were renting out in the Midwest, but uh, it never worked. It worked for like half a winter, and then when it broke down, the rental company wouldn't come out and fix it. Really? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh, oh yeah, him too. <laughs> well, I can say this. We uh we're still in the nineties here, but we haven't we're not gonna be seeing any more hundred degree days. Um I think that's safely behind us. Mm. But the fact that it's gonna be ninety five on October eighth. That's wrong. It's just too hot. <laughs> it's too hot. <laughs> it's October. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to a pumpkin patch in Texas with my kid. Oh God! And it's and it's Bring eighty-five an degrees. Oh, you're roasting. Yeah, and it's a weird dichotomy if you grew up in the Northeast like we do, where it's so crisp. And getting darker 
and, and you're getting those pumpkins, but then you're doing it in Texas or California, and it's like, well, should we be like barbecuing right now, or <laughs> like it's uh, it's definitely a, a a dichotomy. I use that word too much, but you do. Uh, you need to rotate your pompous words a little bit more. Well, I don't have that many. That's what makes me pompous. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> so, well, what was our subject for the evening, sir? Uh, well, we we were kicking around ideas about uh, horror, uh, you know, different than our sci-fi does horror episode. Uh, where it's you know some, you know horror coming in sci-fi franchises that's generally not known for it. Right. It's a it's a uh, it's an odd uh, genre episode. Correct. So we've been looking at uh, you know sci-fi horror and in uh, light of in light of the holiday and October coming yes. and everything. Yeah. My my kid did want to watch Hocus Pocus 2, so we did. Because last year was the first time she'd ever seen Hocus Pocus. Oh. And it has even more feeling knowing that she can go to Salem at some point. Because she wants yeah. to. So does the wife. <laughs> That's true. Um, What did she think of it? Did she enjoy it? Well, she enjoyed the first one. So the second one, she was just excited to watch it. Nice. Uh, what did you think of it? Well, I mean, you know what it's like when you have sequels 30 years away from the original. <laughs> um, they're, they're awesome like Maverick? You know, it was fun. <laughs> uh, I was worried that they were going to do the teen angst angle a little too hard. but they kind There was of, certainly risk for that, yeah. They kind of uh, powered through that a little. Uh, Doug Jones got a little bit more to do, a lot more speaking this time. Yeah, a lot more speaking uh, here. That one. Well, it would make sense because his profile's a bit higher now than it yeah. was in 1993. So, um, I I found it enjoyable. However, uh, there's just um two issues I had with it. One serious and mm-hmm. one come on, what the f? The serious one was. There were no positive male characters. Mm, yeah. The boyfriend was a doofus. The oh, shopkeeper. Yeah, the shopkeeper. I'm being I'm being polite. But yeah, the shopkeeper uh maliciously tricked his best customer and was a goof throughout the whole thing. And then the the mayor, who you know apparently is a single father. And was labeled as the nicest man ever. While he's that, he's a man-child. Well, he was played by Tony Hale. Isn't that basically his shtick? That's what they wanted. I, I get it. And but, and that is that is Tony Hale's shtick. Although I would say um, the Mysterious Benedict Society places him in a very different kind of role, and it's very good. Also on Disney Plus. Well, I'm um, not saying he's done only that, but I mean, it is. It is. People- Strength, yes. Brain and butter. Yeah. So I, I I found that 
sad. I didn't like that. Well, I, and I, uh, they, yeah, go ahead, Sark. No, 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 I, I get it. Uh, that's one of the things I was looking, I was like, they had the two girls who were just kind of like eyeballing each other, like, what are they going to do this a teenage lesbian love story or something? Because that's kind of what it I thought it was like. going to go that way, too, at one point. I, I really did. You know, it, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I, I know that part of the plot of the original was this new kid to town, you know, trying to impress the hot girl. Yeah. So maybe we didn't want to retread that one. And I know a good chunk of this was, you know, kids in, you know, their friendships and stuff like that overcoming. I think the closest thing to a positive male influence you had in the entire movie was Doug Jones, like, Billy Butcherson. Yeah, it really was. And he was a, he was a, a decapitated zombie uh, for a lot of it. No, I'm I mean, a good zombie, which yeah. is a great lot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I was so a little was disappointed like, he didn't walk with his hands swinging behind his ass like he does his Saru. Oh, yeah. I thought about that, too. As he was walking or, or, or running goofily through the forest, I was thinking, I wonder how Saru would run. I don't think we've ever seen him run. No, not really. I don't know <laughs> if it's easy to run in those shoes he's forced to wear for Saru. Yeah, that's got to be hell, by the way. I never even thought about that. Those are crazy shoes. I just hope in a new Star Wars project, Doug Jones gets to play a Wookiee. <laughs> but he'd have to be able to talk. He, did, he didn't really talk in the original. And don't forget, Doug Jones was also what, Abe Sapien? He was the the body of the character in Hellboy. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I have. It was David Hyde Pierce, but it was Doug Jones' body. Huh. I didn't know that. Oh, I could see how they would do that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, in some ways, he's kind of like the Andy Circus of tall, creepy, freaky things. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Uh, I, I, for all the, for all the vitriol that I feel towards Discovery, I do appreciate Discovery reintroducing me to Doug Jones. Uh, well, and that's one of the things I've enjoyed the most about Discovery is Saru. He's one of the better laid out characters. Well, he's not an a-hole and he's, he's thoughtful. He's meticulous uh, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't take the dangerous route very often, but he'll have to if he knows it's the only logical way to go. Um, and he treats everyone nicely and fairly. And he can be firm, too. Yeah, he yeah. Well, he's he's a good example of a up and coming leader. He is a leader, which is something. That I, at I'm times... a little behind. <laughs> no, no, no. He is a leader. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he well for his race after they got bulked up and yeah, and he was, I don't know, how many times did oh. he beat the, the Discovery? Well, he was in charge, he was basically in command of Discovery after Pike. Right. So he stepped down after the 
the what is it the the uh, burn they discover that it was tied to the kelpians so he goes oh, yeah. to help so that's when he finally turns it over to burnham mhm so i mean it is what it is uh, i i enjoy saru turns out he likes playing aquatic creatures um he was the the, the he was the guy who um he was the fish guy who had sex with the woman and shape oh, of water. Oh my god, in the shape of water. That was him, huh? Oh boy. Doug Jones, American actor, contortionist, and mime, best known for playing non-human characters, usually via heavy makeup and special effects. Well, oh, uh, he was in Pan's Labyrinth too. He's a Guillermo del Toro guy. He was the was he the one with the eyeballs in the hands? I I think so. Gonna have to make me look for it now, aren't you? Um, because that was scary. Pan's Labyrinth was a scary movie. Pretty fucked up too. I uh, mean, <clears throat> Doug Jones was also the Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Again, he was the Silver body. Surfer. Yeah, you had Lawrence Fishburne as the voice, but he did all of these characters. Hmm. Yeah, Doug Hell, Jones, the he, Pale Man, and Pan's Labyrinth. He was all. He was in Batman Returns. As what? Uh, it looks like he was a henchman. You know. <laughs> just, just a member of the mob. Yeah, something like that. Men in Black 2, The Time Machine, Doom. And he's in, well, he's been in a lot of yeah. stuff, usually. And there we are. I uh, I, th- I feel like we, we've lauded Mr. Jones quite enough. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So...
So uh, I wanted to get things rolling here. Um, the subject was kind of my idea. We didn't have a subject until a couple hours ago. Um, you don't have to tell everything. Uh, I got to tell a few things. So let people quick imagine rules. how the sausage is made. <laughs> it's true. You don't want to see it. You don't want to find out. Um, okay. So a couple quick ground rules. Uh, they can have fantasy elements, uh, and basically these are these are movies uh, that that were intended to be horror genres with sci-fi elements built in. So um, they don't necessarily have can to we, be our can favorite. We go with TV shows. Uh, we can go with TV shows too. Yeah, yeah. As long as it was intended for like the horror variety with sci-fi in it yeah so all right uh my f first one in no particular order Ernest scared stupid i'm not entirely okay. sure where the sci-fi comes into this one <laughs> but fantasy elements with the trolls being brought back so long and short of it um one of ernest p Worrell's uh uh ancestors Banned a troll to, I don't know, Banish. hibernate. Banished a troll, hit him underground, trapped by this oak tree. Um, and then Ernest, inadvertently in the modern age, has it break out. And now what you're forgetting is the curse. Because. Remind me. Because the troll cursed Judge Worrell had uh i don't know somehow bound him to this tree or something like that it's like he cursed him with his gen you know his progeny getting progressively stupider through oh, that's generations. Right. yeah <laughs> so by the time you you know at the very beginning you have this kind of you know not this kind of puritan-esque but wise and stern intelligent uh you know judge who helped Banish this troll, which was, I guess, they try to take the souls of children or something like that. Yeah, they would. Well, they steal children, and yeah, whether they ate their, fed off their souls or not is up for debate. But they would steal them and turn them into little figurines. Right. So, I saw this. At the movies. <laughs> I saw this at a sleepover. Oh yeah, it's. It starts out scary. I mean, first of all, they use the evil dead camera trick, a variation of it, where the camera's nice. through the, the, the woods and chasing this little girl. And then she suddenly falls next to a tree and starts screaming as you see the troll's hands come out from behind the camera towards her. So we're from the troll's point of view, and that's when he gets captured. That was scary. Like It was. And, and uh, the troll ending up in bed with that girl and that jump scare. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, that was scary as hell too. <laughs> but well, they do jump scares and all sorts of things, even comedies and whatever. But I will say this, the fact that they all, they also decide to tie in a backstory as to why Ernest is so damn stupid. Yeah. It's is, <laughs> is great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Ernest movies weren't exactly high comedy, but they were fun 
and Jim Varney owned them, and he was just so damn likable. <laughs> and even though Ernest could be kind of annoying and, you know, just a real klutz and a goofball, I had a heart of gold, and, mm-hmm. you know, his, he took takes it upon himself to defeat uh, to defeat these trolls. Yeah. And because th- these were gross trolls that were always, like, oozing, like, yeah, I don't know, snot or something. It's like, what was he when he was when he was being chased by a troll and pickup, and he's like throwing it in reverse, and he's like, "How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips?" And just <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that line <laughs> about a bumper sandwich, booger. That was one of their. That was one of the clips from the for the commercial. <laughs> it was, but it was pretty damn funny. Um, Might have been one of the best lines in the entire uh, movie. But you're right. It had some scary moments, especially like since they're targeting children, which is always uh, always a dicey game. Mm-hmm. But you have Ernest trying to find a ways to. It's always the kids who are pointing them in the right direction. They're like, "Oh, hey, you've got to find. Here's the whatever the curse on how you defeat them." And, yeah. <laughs> and he's screwing it up, and finally they discover that it's milk that kills the trolls. Not Miak. How the hell do you find a product named Miak <laughs> in a pre-internet age? How, how the hell does he even know what it is? <laughs> even the troll is confused when he's trying to use it on. He's like, huh? Right. <laughs> Should I, I be afraid? To be afraid? <laughs> yeah. Um. Either way, I I enjoy it. I still haven't been able to convince my kids to watch it. They might be just beyond that age. Oh, so, you mean they're too old for Ernest? <laughs> they might be too old to appreciate Ernest. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I saw that movie when I was 10 years old in the theater by myself with my younger brother. So. <laughs> you know, Jim Varney. You gotta love Jim Varney. And he played Ernest. I think if they basically started out as, like, commercials or something. And then. They were, like, skits. Or they were skits on a small, like. I almost want to say cable access show and someone saw it, thought it would be good. They were to commercials. commercials. Yeah. yeah. No, they started as commercials. Did they? Yeah. And then, then they kind of took a life of its own. I think then it started out like they started doing, he'd do skits somewhere and then he got to movies, you know, Ernest goes to camp. Ernest goes to jail. Ernest, Ernest goes to camp. Too. Yeah. And it was, you know, he just was kind of in the, the cultural lexicon in the 90s, for the, you know, in the 80s and 90s for this goofy character. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, you know, then he gets a chance to do the, the Beverly Hillbillies remake. Playing Uncle <laughs> Jed. That's true, yeah. I had no idea that was him. I was also very young and wasn't very good at recognizing a lot of people, but it blew my mind to know that he was uh, Uncle Jed. He was the original Slinky Dog in the Toy Story. Yeah, he was. And all they did was just uh, let's see what happened. They replaced him with Blake Clark. Yes, they did that. But for... Oh, shoot. Who was... Never mind. Oh, I'm thinking of of Cars. Never mind. I I was going down the the realm of um, certain characters in in uh, Pixar movies when their when their actor dies they 
have the character die too out of out of grace. And but for uh, <laughs> Jim Carlin, George Jim, George Carlin. Carlin. Yeah, I knew what, that was wrong as soon as it came in my mouth. Um, but for George Carlin, while uh, Paul Newman died and they killed Doc Hudson, uh, not not the same can be said about the hippie van. <laughs> whatever his name is. It happens. Tis. So uh, I'm just going to go into number two here, and then we can talk to you. So jumping from Ernest Scared Stupid, I'm, you wouldn't know that this movie is related, but as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, whoa. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You know, I've always heard it, but I just... Never saw it. You know, interesting. The only place I ever saw it was in my neighbor's house on the hill, who lived next door to us. And and where I watched Ernest Scared Stupid. For some reason, that movie was on almost every day. I don't know how, but it was on in that house. And I saw horrific things being done by these clowns. <laughs> and, <clears throat> sorry, looking back on it now, yes, I know the type of movie that it was. It wasn't like, it wasn't genuine horror. It was schlock horror for a cult cult film status. But for an impression like a 10-year-old. Like grindhouse kind of thing? Something like that, yeah. Because it, it definitely did not take itself seriously. But they definitely, there was a, there was, there were stakes. (laughs) Let's just say that. Um, No, I didn't, no, that wasn't a pun, by the way. No, I'm just rolling my eyes. You're, you're going off the deep end with this one, my friend. Well, so either way, it's a movie that even today, if it's available, I'm probably not going to watch it, but it, it left an indelible mark on my tiny little brain. Um, but the relation between this and Ernest Scared Stupid, you want to take a guess? Jim Varney? Nope. The clowns, all the clown suits were repainted and used as trolls in Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah. Gotta love Hollywood trying to save a buck. (laughs) So, yeah, like the... Quite a few, actually. So that's a neat little tidbit there. So, but that I think about that movie every Halloween too. So, fair enough. So, all right, my turn. These uh, there's two franchises that are connected. The first one, of course, is Alien. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Might might actually be the pinnacle of science fiction horror. Yeah. You have the, you know, like the the fast skittering, you yeah. know, in in the shadows. You have the the chest bursters, the face huggers. You have all of these jump scares, the the face to face. In the first movie, it's, what are they, miners, right? They are, yes. And they uncover the xenomorphs. 
and you don't really see them at first. And, you know, of course, they get the face hugger and then, you know, they don't realize that it implants, you know, stuff. And then an alien bursts through the chest of John Hurt. Yeah. And yeah. one bursts through his chest again in Spaceballs. Not again. Not again. He had the special? I'm having the special. <laughs> I don't want the special. The <laughs> so, um, you know, what? would you believe that I only just saw Alien last year? Uh, you know, I haven't seen all of them. I, I've seen most of I think I've seen the first one. I I know I've seen Alien versus Predator, the original. <laughs> that I that heard one was that. great. It wasn't great, but that was the one that um, that was like in a care box that got sent to me in Iraq. So you know. oh, nice. <laughs> so it's good, mindless fun. Yeah, you know, I mean, they started doing, uh, I mean, originally, they, you know, the Alien franchise kind of took off, and then Predator was taking off, and then you had people like, oh, you know, would it be kind of neat if, you know, the Predators were hunting the aliens, and then they actually tied it in with, I think, some, I think they tied it in with some comic books before they started the movie, and then they had what at least two Alien versus Predator movies, which basically intimates that, you know, the Predators, you know, go places and hunt the aliens and Yeah. We uh Okay. Did you did you mention that they showed the Xenomorph skull in Predator Two at the very end? <clears throat> um, you know, I had forgotten about that. That one was the weaker of the two movies. That was the first Predator uh, movie I ever saw. Well, <laughs> that <know>. was horrifying. <laughs> well, in the first Predator movie, the whatever mercenary team was led by two former governors of U.S. states. Yeah, Jesse the Body <laughs> and the Governor himself, Arnold, Arnold. along with <laughs> Apollo Grief Carga. Yeah. <laughs> oh god grief carver might be uh, grief carga might be the longest running carl weathers character that doesn't die <laughs> yet yeah yet yet oh god i didn't even think about that but yeah i mean um, had all sorts of 80s action guys in there and i guess jean-claude van damme was supposed to be the original predator and of course now you have you know, it's a, a special ops mercenary team going to rescue people in like the South American jungle where all like previous rescue teams have disappeared and they run across this predator who cloaks. He's kind of like you can I, you can almost see that maybe the gem might have been based a yeah. little bit on the predators. Oh, totally. Uh, that That's exactly what they were going for with that. You are one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> so, you know, well, it turns out that the predators go and they hunt for, you know, the, the most dangerous of prey. You know, by this time they come back and 
whatever it is, a few years later, uh, and invade, what is it, Chicago or New York, and end up start first, they're like killing drug, you know, cartels, and uh-huh. then they have to fight Danny Glover, getting too old for this shit. Yeah, but it's the first time we see that the Predators actually have a code, when it notices that that, that, that one female police officer who was on the subway with it, fighting it, uh, when it noticed that she was pregnant. And he was about mm-hmm. to he was about to kill her. Then he saw the pregnancy and he and he dropped her and, and left, which really um, really confused a lot of people. <laughs> right. And then, you know, they, they kind of highlight a little bit more of this in like the alien versus predator where you realize mm-hmm. like it looks like the predators brought the aliens to Earth to hunt them and. And they were getting overrun in one of these ancient cities, which is why they blew it up. And oh, you know, the, yeah, doesn't it take place in Antarctica? Right. Yeah, they take yeah. place in Antarctica, where there's like an underground cavern, and all. It's crazy. But you get the Alien versus Predator sequel. You get Predators. Now, I will say this: I did just watch Prey, on which is I like watched the it original Predator prequel. A predator. Oh yeah, in the 18th century, and comes into conflict with some Comanches on the Great Plains. There is an allusion to that. There's an allusion to that movie in Predator Two. No, there's not an allusion. They tie prey. It's tied into it. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I mean, yes, they didn't take a plot a prop from Predator Two. And tie that in to pray. By the yeah. way, you should watch it. It is really good. Yeah, I know. I definitely will. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna do it this weekend. I'm almost done with Lower Deck season two. So I literally have it up on the screen here. I was watching you, the episode. You gotta on power there. through it so you can get to season three in the Deep Space Nine episode. I know. I know. I mean, I'm Which, at the episode the way, where they're all like simulating their career. Uh, situations. Oh, is this where they got the the, uh, um, the little pods and their tests? That's a good episode. <laughs> That's Very a good episode. Oh, but I'm creative. <laughs> um. Oh, and by the way, the the character with the floating body parts. Yeah. Animated series character, not character, race that comes back as a character there. Really. Uh huh. Well, I'll have to, uh, I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> I was going to say it, but I'm not. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, getting back to Predator, uh, like I said, the first one I saw was Predator 2. And I was probably 10, 11. I was 11, maybe 12. And I saw, I saw all those bloody skulls tied together on uh, on a rope, hanging on the predator's back as he's scaling a, a, a skyscraper, uh, in the in a thunderstorm. That alone, that alone made me just go to bed shaking. Like, what did I, what did I just see? <laughs> I, I was a kid admit, with very sensitive sensibilities, by the way. So you have to admit. Um, 
that uh, the Predator is a pretty intimidating character. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think... It was a, it's a pretty good um, story idea, right? The original Predator. Yeah, no, it's a really cool. Story. It opens up with the spaceship... And then it just goes into like a normal, like, you know, rescue in the jungle war movie. And there are elements of the, the, the sci-fi kicking in every now and then, but they're being attacked by something that's faceless and almost unstoppable. And that's almost, that's horrific right there. That's scary. That's the scary part. It's terrifying to soldiers. Yeah. I and Look who I'm talking to. I didn't even realize that. I mean, but yeah, yeah. Well, let's just say this, man. Predator, you know, it was a pretty fun action movie. I have nobody who would say it was high intellect, but it wasn't as, it wasn't dumb and mindless. They had a pretty decent, uh, you know, concept. And then some of the things that they did with Predators and all the these watered-down sequels over the years <laughs> really, in fact, Prey, I think, is the highest-rated movie in the Predator franchise. Actually, it is. And it's I think it's rated by the fans. It's like a 90-plus on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And it's really well done. It was a Hulu. It was a direct-to-Hulu movie. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. You're right. Probably would have been it more fun in the theater. It should have. And maybe one of the reasons why it isn't is because you, there was a no-name cast of mostly indigenous <sighs> yeah. actors. And it's not saying that they weren't good because they were excellent. In fact, the, uh, the lead actress was quite excellent. And she's getting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, recognition Attention now yeah yes that's good Amber well i like it when i like it when when someone does a good job puts all their in, you know energy into it and they get rewarded for that i like that mm-hmm. yeah i definitely have to see it i know hey look predators is also on hulu wait basically all the predator movies are on hulu well, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Oh. Okay. I'm going to have a suggestion here that's a little off uh, off uh, topic. Uh, not off topic, but out, out of left field. Sorry. Um, anything else you want to add about Predator slash Alien? Well, I mean... The original Predator and the original Alien were both very well received. Aliens was also extremely well received. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit more of a straight action movie to a degree. Nope, I can see that. Yeah. I loved Predator. Um, the first time I saw it, I had no idea what I was watching because I didn't see the alien ship yet. And all I just saw were the all these big muscly guys, you know, shooting things and rescuing and and like being one with the forest. Like, <laughs> Different than being one with the force. 
Exactly. Yes. Um, but uh, yes, I do have to jump on Prey and watch that. So I've got one. To I've be got honest a couple. with you, you wouldn't even. I don't even know if you'd need to watch the original Predator to enjoy Prey. No, you don't. You kind of need to know. Yeah, I mean, you. It would help to know Predator Two. But yeah, that's, that's only a little. About the only thing. Yeah, that's the only uh, thing, though. I yeah. mean, you could technically watch this first and then go into the other movies, and then Predator Two. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> how did they know? <laughs> Back in 1992, how did they know? <laughs> no, it, it it serves well as a prequel. I think you could jump off and watch it. Uh, at the beginning, or you can watch it at the end. Mm. All I know is I highly recommend it. I haven't seen most of the Predator movies. You know, saw the original, saw the Alien versus Predator. But, you know, the Prey was excellent. Okay. I had one, but I lost it. But I got another one. Now... This this is gonna this is gonna require a degree of trust in you, okay? We'll see because I'm already a little skeptical after I'm scared stupid, despite the fact that oh, I very come much on. enjoy that. <laughs> um, the entire original Halloween franchise, all the way up to H two O. Pass. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you Pass. why. I'll tell you why. I mean, Michael Myers, he can't be, you know, the original movie or two, you know, was probably some, there was some realism there, but the longer these franchises go on, even knowing that they've rebooted quite a few of them. And I'm not including the the rebooted ones in this. Michael Myers just starts taking on these ridiculous supernatural powers. It's Let me tell you why. No, Let me tell you I why. I don't want to hear it. I'm, I am over. I don't. He's an android. I, I am fucking over. It, it, there's a new Halloween coming out now. How many of these movies have been made? A lot. But like this is like 12? the last one. This will be the last one until they reboot it they in five said years. That, they said that whatever, 10 years ago with Halloween H2O <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Halloween uh, Just two minutes. I just need two minutes. So in Halloween 3 had no Michael Myers because he supposedly was killed in Halloween 2. Now, it was about what it basically was. They were trying to make it an anthology thing, like under the Halloween franchise. Like each new Halloween movie would be an, uh, an anthology story, not necessarily require Michael Myers. This story was about this guy who worships ancient Celtic gods, was able to create these, these Halloween masks that when activated, given a certain signal, which could just be broadcast audibly over the television, would kill anyone wearing it. <laughs> and he was going to do this to appease the Samhain gods. Well, in this movie, he also had androids working in his factory. And these androids operated a whole lot like Michael Myers did in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. And every time after, this man, you are absolutely correct, showed unusual strength. He literally lowers his entire body with one hand in one scene, hiding, you know, hiding behind someone who walked by. And it is thought 
that Michael Myers is in fact dead, but he is uh, a haywire android. That's the only explanation. Oh my god! But and now you know why these movies are ridiculous. <laughs> So that's the uh, that's the sci-fi connection in Halloween. I put a black mark upon this choice. I'm I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Um, <clears throat> now ask me how many of the original Halloweens have I seen? Um, I none. don't care. I think I saw H two O. I I don't really love horror, so. The fact that I'm keeping tough... up with this at all should tell you. It's a bit of a tough putt. You had one. You had a good suggestion. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about topics. Oh, well, Buffy. Yeah. You can't, you can't beat Buffy. But that's really now supernatural. Supernatural fantasy. fantasy. Right. There were some elements of science fiction. If you remember uh, season four when they're in college and they're dealing with this government agency that's experimenting on demons and whatnot. Oh, you're talking Very about the TV show. I was thinking of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't seen the show. But um, that's okay. That doesn't preclude you from suggesting You've it. never seen an episode of Buffy? I've heard it's fantastic, and I have never seen an episode of Buffy, no. I've, I've heard it's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to avoid it. It's just there's so many other things I have to watch. (laughs) I didn't watch it in high school and college either. I had friends who were huge Buffy fans. I didn't I didn't watch it. Uh, I ended up getting into it, I think, while recovering from a surgery one time. Somebody had given me a box set and I started watching. I'm like, you know what? This is good. I'll keep watching. Yeah. Or if it's you know available I mean? to stream somewhere. It has to be somewhere. It's probably on I'm HBO. Because I think it was Warner Brothers. I mean, it was on Fox. So, no. It was on... Here we go. Buffy the Vampire I think, Slayer. I think it was oh, Fox. Prime. It's on Prime. Oh, it was picked up by... I want to say it was picked up by, like, UPN or something. Yes, it, it was. was. It was on UPN, then the CW. Um, mm. I don't know if Angel lasted that long, though. Angel lasted five seasons. seasons. Buffy lasted and, seven. Angel lasted five. Angel lasted five. Seven seasons. What year was that show? Buffy came on 97. in 97. Yeah. 97. The so, same age we were. They, they were graduating high school the same year we were graduating high school. That's right. Yeah, by all accounts, I should have been. A, <laughs> I, by all accounts, I should have. I should have been watching that. There's actually no I excuse. I should have too. I did like the movie, though. I, I personally liked the movie, but. I mean, when I first watched it, it was entertaining, but it was. I mean, there were some things, and I guess it was mostly written by Joss Whedon before it got chopped up and everything that's one of the reasons why he got the tv show was because joss hated what they did to his <laughs> you know because i mean one of the things that they did not do in uh 
in the TV show was the fact that the Slayer would get like almost like menstrual cramps when. Oh, they got rid of that. Vampires. Are, yeah, I think it would have. Um, something. There's just something wrong about that. I think. It. I mean, it was an attack on the feminine. Well, now no, it makes I, more sense when the things about Joss Whedon coming out too, though. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but he rectified that. The funny thing is, he's a misogynist masquerading as a feminist, which is right. Up. Yeah. But um, despite, I mean, the movie you had Christy Swanson and Luke Perry. <laughs> Pike. A pike isn't a name. Pike. It's a fish. <laughs> yeah. You have, um, well, who else was in it? I think you had, like, young oh, appearances yeah. by, like, Ben Affleck and David Arquette. And, oh, I didn't know that. Um, I think yeah, I knew I David. No, I, David Arquette I knew. Yeah. Because um, I think he was the, the friend who got turned. He was and, Pike's friend, yeah. Paul, Paul Rubens was. Paul Rubens. You know, the, <laughs> was, it, was it Rector Hauer who was the, the head vampire? Yes. I want to say yes. He was actually Donald the Sutherland? most unmemorable. Donald Sutherland was fantastic. You threw a knife at my head and you caught it. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. chuckled at me quoting something. Yeah. So. It was it was interesting? Yes, Riker Howard. You're guess, right. I guess technically, you can read the movie as the prequel to the series, but Joss Whedon won back, and he kind of, I think he retconned it a bit in a comic book. Huh. Which basically kind of, I think it kind of gave a little bit more of his version of what the movie was going to be like. Okay. Because, well, they turned it into like a, a slasher comedy. Yeah, they did. They did. But hmm. the whole concept of, I mean, the original concept of the pretty blonde cheerleader who always dies in all these horror movies. <laughs> the one who, who rises She's up the one that saves everyone. Of, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was definitely flipping the stereotype on its head. And it showed yeah. a lot of personal growth. Well, uh, on her behalf. Definitely uh, in the series. It's, um, there's, there's been college courses devoted to Buffy. Yeah. And the empowerment of women, it showed at the time, the fact that they had openly uh, gay and lesbian characters you had you know there were some sci-fi elements there was also an a there was an episode where buffy actually had to fight an alien <laughs> which is i mean when you're dealing with hell and you know demon dimensions and vampires and stuff not too far what's, off. What's an alien or two? I think it was only one, which is interesting. 
That's what I always thought they should have done in an episode with Xena or Hercules. Have an alien visit. Then you could have that guy doing the ancient aliens for them. (laughs) You could. I always felt they should have done that, though. That would have been pretty cool. He's not a god. But, (laughs) you know, he's something else. Well, I mean, they did that with Thor. Yeah, I I know, but come on now. You're just taking it all up. (laughs) You jumped tracks while I was trying to make my point about Buffy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Well, and then you also have Angel as well, which is a spinoff, which basically started as like supernatural detectives before going into the greater battles of good and evil and whatnot, but Man, they were good, and there was a lot, you know, they had horror moments, you know, the people walking down the street getting ambushed and, you know, and killed by vampires or demons. There's usually some, at least one gruesome death per episode. Yeah. It was, uh, there were some truly horrifying episodes. There was one that was, like, literally, there was no, aside from, like, a scene or two at, at the beginning of the movie uh, episode and a scene at the end, there was literally no dialogue because there was Ooh. these creepy aliens that basically all looked like Doug Jones. Um, <laughs> not aliens, but demons uh, who would steal your your voice because that was what killed them, was like a human scream. Oh. It was, well, that's uh, weird. It was really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I it's mean, like don't the... get me wrong. God. I, I, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed them, but man, they could be creepy as shit. Well, that's kind of the angle we're going for, right? I mean... <laughs> the lead gentleman from this episode, Hush, was Doug Jones. I knew it. Was he? <laughs> yes. Or bring it at full circle. <laughs> Here, listen, listen to this, okay? So, Okay. What episode and season is it? Tenth episode of the fourth season of the supernatural drama television series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. After reading critical response to the series in which the dialogue was praised as their most successful aspect to the show, Whedon set out to write an episode that almost is completely devoid of speech. Only 17 minutes of dialogue is presented in the 44-minute episode. Wow. Well, there you go. A group of fairy tale ghouls named the gentlemen come to town and steal everyone's voices, leaving them unable to scream while the gentleman cuts out their hearts. Buffy and her friends must communicate with each other silently as they try to discover why no one can speak and find who is ever murdering the townspeople. They must also find ways to express their feelings about each other and keeps some semblance of control as the town descends to chaos. The only episode of the entire series nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Drama, or Outstanding Writing in the Drama Series, also received nomination for Outstanding Cinematography. Uh, it is frequently included in the list of uh, best episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and the gentlemen are often counted as some of the series' most frightening villains. 
they look dude they're they look scary as hell shit yeah yeah and and i love the fact that it's doug fucking jones <laughs> i do i it's just hard not to i mean they were all tall gaunt and well interesting um just to play off of um uh, to just to play off of the buffy thing mo- going back to the movie christy swanson played buffy in that version um she did the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because I was rewatching this gem from my childhood on Disney Plus the other night. Do you remember the movie uh, Mr. Boogity? Is it a Disney movie or something? It, it was, was a, a Disney kid. movie. Yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, see, now here's the thing. I got to look it up again. Uh, Mr. Boogity. 1986 TV movie uh, for the magical world of Disney starring David Faustino as the one of the brothers uh, Richard Mauser Richard Mauser yeah Mauser um, oh John Aston. the fact that you know this by the way is stunning to me and then uh, Christy Swanson as the oldest uh, sibling in this. However, I just discovered as I was going through her IMDb, she does not list Mr. Boogity on her IMDb line. Interesting. By the way, Mr. Boogity has some really scary elements to it, but it's very cheesy. 1986 movie. I mean... It was made for the wonderful world of Disney on ABC back in the day. So you can imagine. Oh, yeah, I remember those. Right. I mean, they, they did these weird TV movies on Sunday nights. <laughs> Most of them you can find on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah, you can. So. um, Gosh, I can't remember the other one I had. I had a different one for. Do you have any other ones? Well, I mean, I threw out Buffy and Angel. Those are really Buffy. Those are good play. ones. Those are the. I mean, those are I will allow. Um, but we want to stay from mostly mysticism stuff. So like Poltergeist is out. Um, yeah. even though they talked through the TV, but still. <laughs> uh, did you ever see Event Horizon? Oh. No, I never saw it, but I heard it was very. I saw the last few minutes of it. Thriller or something like that, or it was. It was a suspension movies? horror. Um, I did not. S- oh wait, I did see the 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 first one. Night, uh, Pitch daylight. Black. Pitch black. Pitch black. Yeah, thank you. Daylight's a, a Stallone movie. <laughs> so he's the cab driver, and they're stuck in the tunnels when the floods. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, no, uh, it's flooding. Pitch Black was good. I thought, and this is me, by the way. Uh, so these people are stuck on a planet, towing a, a well, ferrying a prisoner named Riddick, who could see in the dark, and they get stranded on a an abandoned planet. And at night, 
these horrible creatures come out and feast upon the land and anything and anyone that's alive. And they, the, the sun kills them. So they're basically vampires, but they're alien vampires. They're bugs or something. And um, Riddick has to use his senses to be able to help the crew get through and get the needed power supply and then get to their ship all while dodging these bugs. So um, I found it interesting how a species would be able to evolve to that situation. (laughs) That's me. That's me thinking about it too hard. So (laughs) it's a good mind thought exercise, but. How about the descent? Uh, I did not see the descent. However, I should have just written it down. A lot of these bizarre movies somehow end up getting shown on Armed Forces Network. (laughs) There's like a lot of B movies and stuff that they just throw on at random times. (laughs) AFN when you're deployed. Yeah, it's almost like, oh, well, there's nothing really else beyond. There's like three channels. Guess I'm watching this today. (laughs) Um, It's a a group of English women who go spelunking in the U.S. and discover like pretty horrifying cave dwelling. Yeah. Nightmare creatures. Yeah. Yeah. There was a sequel, too, I guess. Yes, there is. I remember seeing the DVD cover prominently at the checkout line in the grocery store for oh, a while. That's about right. <laughs> um, okay, well... Apparently the original in, was fairly well received, but, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. In that vein, would you accept I Am Legend with Will Smith? Because... The the people turn well, into I am le- creatures because of a manufactured virus. Well, that is, I mean, in the original, what was it, the Omega Man or Legend or whatever it was, the original story. It was originally was called they, I Am Legend, yeah. Well, wasn't it vampires or something? They were basically vampires, what? yeah. And this disease, I mean, there was like a virus that came out and turned everyone into vampires well in in that case then you might as well throw in things like 28 days later these uh the rage virus the rage virus or and of course and then you got the zombie tropes but they're fast zombies and then you have the you know the jump scares and all this but then you also have See, with the zombie tropes, though, my argument would be you never really learn what causes the zombieism. You don't know what causes it in World War Z. You don't know what causes it in Walking Dead or Night of the Living Dead. Um, but, oh, well, yeah, Night of the Living Dead. But, uh, I mean, you know what causes in 28 days later. In but they're, they're not really zombies. They're still alive. I know, but it's still basically a horror movie. It is. No, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not removing it from that. Zombies in some they ways. do act like zombies, but they're not true zombies. No. Which means it, it in some ways it's more it's more falls into that science that sci-fi horror. Yeah. Is a plausible thing. That is that is true. 
Um, okay. Well, and you know how I Am Legend was ri- originally written in the book, right? Well, didn't Charlton Heston play in the Mega Man? He did. But Charlton they didn't. They changed. They changed the ending, so the Omega Man is different from the book. Um, they get sure. close to it with the Will Smith version, where the term "I am legend" is that these vampire things are scared of Will Smith's character because because they have their own life Rock. now. Nice, nice. It only took like nine months to be able to get a reference in, but we got it, folks. We got it. It's now in. You marked your safe from Will Smith in like an intro. <laughs> I did. You're right. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so these people are actually afraid of Will Smith's character because he is the one who's the bad guy to them. He's the one that's stealing them or killing them. And, and he's the one that is the legend among them uh, because of that. He is legend. That's the story. But it's with vampires in the book, you know. So they did it. They got close to it originally, uh, but then they reshot it because the audience didn't understand it. And we get the, the current one where he throws himself with the bomb into the zombie horde. Which is not, yeah, the book. So, Sphere. Did you ever see Michael Crichton's Sphere? Is that the one that was, like, below the ocean? Yeah, it was, like, this big, round sphere under the ocean. (laughs) I think I saw, like, the first ten minutes of it, but no, I didn't. It's a weird movie. They tried to make it horror, but it's one of those things where it's an alien spaceship found under the water, they have an underwater, the U.S. Army or, I don't know, someone, someone official in the Pentagon has this base down underneath the water. And uh, the Navy, they have a tendency to do more. What makes you things. say that? Come on now. Stop it. It's probably the Air Force. Um, you. <laughs> uh, so, God, what's his name? He was in Tootsie. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, thank you. Could have, you know, said meet the Fockers too, but whatever. Um, Dustin Hoffman is called in to investigate this alien ship, and they're taking samples. They're 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 able to get in, but then these weird things happen where everyone's reality starts to distort, and it's very psychological. The the the, the aliens spaceship really just. It mind freaks them all. Um, And then they're all freaking out because no one's cooperating with them in any way, shape, or form. They're turning on each other. It it was weird. It's kind of similar to The Abyss. Um, I didn't even think about The Abyss. Uh, Well, Sphere was written in the 70s. Um, the Abyss was just its own movie in the late eighties. Um, there are similar elements, but Abyss was done much better. Well, it, it, when you talk about Crichton, well, what about Jurassic Park, the original? Yeah, that could be construed as horror. That <laughs> I was shaking through most of that show. That 
through most of that showing. And I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> the, the part with the little dinosaur eating Newman when he's walking around. Oh, yeah. There's a dinosaur there. I mean, it, and then he thinks he's escaped from it and then it's waiting for him in the car. I mean, yeah, that's kind of jump scare. And that's all horrible. The things with the raptors. The raptors, I was literally shaking in in the kitchen scene. I was shaking during the T Rex scene. T Rex when he was eating the guy on the shitter. <laughs> yeah. He literally, the T Rex literally scared the shit out of this guy. Yeah, he and did. He ate him. She did. Ew. Oh. But that's what they do. They eat a lot of but those was, things, like intestines was, and all. The guy was wearing like a white suit. You would have seen it. You would have seen it. <laughs> but I mean, really, it, it was the original Jurassic Park was kind of terrifying. It was. It absolutely I mean, it was. was. Good. It was a great movie, but the masterful suspense chase horror. Even, in the, even the Lost World had some good ones, like when they're all hiding behind the waterfall and the T Rex head <laughs> just starts poking through. Yep, and the guy gets freaked out by the snake and gets eaten by the T-Rex. Yeah, and then you've got um, for all the scenes, like, I mean, it's a little bit more suspenseful, but, like, when uh, the guy's trying to use their uh, SUV to, like, pull the damn trailer back up. Oh, yeah. Stopping with the two T-Rexes and, you know, all that, like, no movement kind of thing. Or when that, in the first one, Muldoon is trying to hunt the raptors, and he sees one in his sights, and then this head just pokes out right next to him. Clever girl. Yeah. Yeah. All of that is accurate. All of that. I mean, what can you say? Not much. I, I think these are these are all good ones. Is there a really good Halloween movie that you like, though? And we can throw the rules out now. At this point. That's a Fourth of July movie. Come on, man. <laughs> That's probably one of the most patriotic movies ever made. <laughs> one of the things I, I've, I've enjoyed watching as of late is, oh, I've got the perfect one right here. Um, but Disney released The Adventures of Mr. Toad and Ichabod. Which uh, was, was a cartoon version of The Wind and the Willows, but then they do animated short of The Legends of Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. And the chase scene is actually kind of terrifying when you're young. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, uh-huh. with um, the setup of the story, you know, in the scary dimly lit hall uh, that what's that guy's name the 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 bully brom bones yeah brom bones and he's telling the story of the legend of the headless horseman and that's scary too yeah and then you get into the now of course this is not sci-fi at all no we're we're done we made our point Let me tell you, the TV show Sleepy Hollow, excellent. You did at mention times, that. At times, frightening. Really? Um, yeah. Hidden demons and, and such. 
they did kind of the um not so much the the evil dead through the woods but the you know like when they like like jump ahead like you're, you're here and then like something like jerks and it's right in front of you and then it's like even closer yes you know, horror movies will do that yes it's almost like it's stilled and it's like the cameras are kind of wobbling and then you know like it's always out in the woods and like there's a guy in a tree like 10 feet away you know like 30 feet away and then he's 20 feet away yeah you don't do a see lot of boot. that yeah they do a lot of that that's a little creepy um but the the story of the legend of sleepy hollow is i mean it, it's a it's a story but it was it was an early american ghost story it was it was a true yeah washington irving right yeah he wrote the story yeah he wrote the story he wrote rip he, van winkle he claims that you know you know i think in the original writings he claims that it was told to him and they do every you know in Terrytown and sleepy hollow new york they do haunted like uh do like haunted hayrides where there's a headless horseman running around <laughs> That's that's definitely more supernatural, if at all, because you know, there's a lot of, you know, in some of the tellings of Sleepy Hollow, there's the ones that are most faithful to the story. You know, yeah. You don't know if there was really a headless horseman or if it was a prank that was extremely successful. I know, right? That that's and they played that off in that cartoon by Disney really well. They yeah. did that really well. And, you know, the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton version wasn't bad. Um, it, it was, was confusing. It was a different take. You know, Ichabod Crane is not a school teacher. He's a detective from New York who actually believes yeah. in scientific method. He's a skeptic. But I got to say. Horse, when the headless horseman is Christopher Walken, I mean, how can you not win? <laughs> You can't, can't. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Oh, I always considered, I know it takes place in New York and everything, but I always considered The Legend of Sleepy Hollow to be a uniquely New England story. I think it that old colonial, yeah. northeast colonial Feels very New Englandy, it even though captured it's that. that. But it, you know, it's the guy on the tricornered hat riding through the woods. It looks very New England. It looks yes. very like what we think of, but it's it's not. It's New York. I mean, would it have been better in, in New England? Definitely. <laughs> but uh, you know, can't have everything, I guess. No, no, we can only have one Hocus Pocus film in Rhode Island. Not both. But hey, those look, visuals hey. are, are fantastic in the cartoon. Oh, it, they were. And that first, whatever, two or three minutes when, he's, when they're on their way through the forest and he's jumping at shadows. Is, <laughs> yeah. It's both fun and a little scary at the same time. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, here it is, Mr. Boogie. No, that's not it. All right. Um, you know, you know which one I really want to see, but I don't. 
And yeah. I don't think you've so, seen this. So I'm not a horror horror fan, right? I, I when I watch a movie, I want to be happy. I want to laugh. Yeah. Or, you know, watch something pretty wild, like um, a movie like Predestination. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's amazing. Predestination? Um, Predestination. P-R-E, Destination. Um, Oh, shoot. What's his name is in it? And he's brilliant. Predestination. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke's in it. And uh, he likes a lot of strange things. It's good. And, you know, uh, I'm not always in the mood for something like that, but I would rather that over a horror movie. But the one horror movie that I really would like to see, I just can't figure out a way to psych myself up to do it. The Babadook. The Australian film about a single mother in a creepy house with her two children. Mm. No. I heard it. I, I heard it was a master class in cinema. And but it's also extremely horrifying. So <laughs> is it extremely horrifying or just really Australian? Well, the Australian parts would be that you have to hear nature in every single scene. That's literally a, a thing that Australia cinema does. Um, but uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I mean, I just hear it's good. When it came out in the United States, it it had rave reviews. So, go figure. It just it just doesn't sound like anything I'd be interested. In. Well, yeah, I'm. You and I are not exactly horror aficionados. Again, um, so that's a movie I'll never see, probably. <laughs> I'm too too scared. <laughs> so. Well, anything else? I think uh, I think this has been a, a neat little foray. I agree. Um, you know, when it comes to horror, I'm not the biggest horror fan. I mean, Mm-mm. I've I've watched uh, stuff that has horror elements. Uh, obviously, um, you know my stance on the Evil Dead trilogy. Bruce Campbell yes. versus the Army of Darkness. Uh, yeah all day every day Ash wins groovy yeah (laughs) if I'm bad why does it feel so good there's some some awful lines in that movie (laughs) somehow they work. I honestly think they, after the first two movies, they're like, well, let's just see what we can get away with now. They really were. They really were. I mean, that's the thing. Sam Raimi, he was an experimenter. He was never formally taught. So he just made a movie how he wanted it to be made. And his cinematography was unique there in and of itself. Because of that. Agreed. I mean, same thing with James Cameron. Uh, James Cameron has certain elements in every single one of his movies. I don't think he intentionally does it, but, you know. Wait, didn't he do Aliens? He did. Like Aliens, Titanic, um, Terminator, 
Um, the abyss, all of them happen where it's wet and dark and you'll see sparks flying a lot of the time. Uh, that's just what he does. <laughs> Avatar looked hot and, and, and bright, <laughs> but they also still looked a little wet, too. Which, well, you know, I mean, take that as you here, will. Let's not forget what is, um, you know, the Blade trilogy was pretty good. I only saw the first Blade where... Hey, that that opening scene where the guy, he's kind of a douche, is following this hot girl into a bar, and it's like a rave. Then all of a sudden, the fountain, the uh, sprinklers come on, it's all blood. Yeah. Turns out it's a, it's a vampire rave. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, and they started feasting on him, and you saw the blood dancing everywhere. And oh, didn't yeah. like the vampires explode when Blade cut off their heads or something? Like, there was just a lot of I th- blood I think everywhere. They burst into flame or something like that. There was something like that. Because yeah. I saw it for the first time well into the establishment of the MCU, and I'm just pretending like this is an MCU movie just to, you know, see. If it could well, ever it, like be retroactively added, I was thinking about that, and I'm like, oh, I don't Mahershla think you can avoid Ali. this. <laughs> no, Mahershala Ali is going to be the new Blade. I know that. I know that. But this was before that announcement. This is in 2014. So, if any, if it's going to show up anywhere, it might show up in Deadpool. Probably. If we're going to be able to get Hugh Jackman in a Deadpool, you might be able to get Wesley Snipes in Deadpool. I know. I mean, we all know he would have taken the part. No questions asked. Question is, is he still like, is he easier to work with? Because I heard he was notorious in in Blade 3. Oh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds was in Blade 3. He was. That's. Right. That was a that was a movie. <laughs> but you know what is coming up soon here in a couple of weeks. Werewolf by night. Actually it comes out the seventh. It, it comes out, out soon. It does. The seventh. Werewolf. There we go. Um Yep, October 7th. Ooh. So you know the story about that. Go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. It's a comic book character. Yes, and I know nothing about it. I do know, I've been following the production, and apparently the issues with Thor caught studio head uh, Kevin Feige pretty thoroughly. And... Originally, Werewolf by Night was supposed to be over an hour long. But if you take a look at it, it is now 54 minutes. It literally had like 107 minutes listed on Disney Plus in anticipation for it. Um, Rumor has it that they were going full on comedy with this thing. And then with the Thor fallout. They decided to cut out a lot of the comedy and make it more horror. Because it's now listed officially as a horror fantasy superhero rather than comedy horror fantasy. So, 
I don't know. It just looks interesting. I mean, when you want to talk about horror, you almost get some horror vibes with Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness. Yep. <laughs> I had to remind everyone that Sam Raimi was a horror director. Yeah. What was um, it? Drag Me know, to Hell? Um, you also have... Um, the what if zombie episode? Yeah, that's true. See, okay, they were able to at least. Okay, this is one of the first places where we actually saw genuine zombies, and they tried to explain the origin, but they really, but they still don't. They got it from the quantum realm. So, like, you know, something happened in there that caused her to become a zombie. Sure. Why not? Well, I'm just saying. Back before uh, Scott Lang was uh, a head in a jar. <laughs> Gosh, what was that one? What, that was that. Uh, what if Ultron won? No, that was what if the zombies. Oh, we did. Oh, I'm thinking they were all zombies. Yeah, they were. Although yeah. in the what if. Ultron one, remember they they were blasting through all these different universes, and he came face to face with Zombie Wanda, I think. Yeah, yeah, and we did slowed him down <laughs> a little. I think I liked that. I did like that. Um, cool. Well, I think that uh, I think that wraps things up a little decently. Anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? Hmm. Just that while uh, horror isn't my favorite, I don't mind uh, a good mystery, a good thriller. Something that, uh, you know, a good story. You know, but, you well, know, when, when they're throwing out all these horror movies all over the place, a lot of them are just the same formula. <laughs> no, this is true. Which this I know true. is ironic considering I watch Star Trek, Star Wars, and tons of Marvel movies, and there's a lot of the same formulas in all of them. But that's your bag. It is my bag, baby. <laughs> that's not my bag. Um All right. Well, until the next time, everybody. Uh you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. Happy haunting, everyone. Keep your garlic and holy water close. Or else you on the high ground. So <laughs> <laughs> long, everyone. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Site Productions, produced by DT Cavman and PS McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information.